shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Call me straight that. shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop Okay, we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball hard. Don't just leave our heart. I am the bird man. Hello and welcome to episode 103 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us. It is a overcast Tuesday evening as we are recording. We got the whole gang back together. Channy Football back from the mean streets of Boston. How we doing, Chan? Warden's back, boys. Inmates aren't running the prison any longer. Yeah. Boo. Yeah, boo, <laughs> boo, boo, boo. <laughs> and Ice Cold Brew Lou with me again as well. How we doing, Lou? Doing good, baby. Doing good. Maybe one of the few people out there right now who is enjoying this rain, this weather. Bring on the mosquitoes, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Plug it. Plug it. Yeah, yeah. Shout out real quick. We're getting going. Season's pumping. Mosquito Authority. Uh, numbers 248-956-7800. Give me a buzz if you're in Rochester, Rochester Hills, Lake Orion. I am well connected with the other franchises across Michigan. So if you're outside of that area, I'll hook you up with a Fizz discount. Just mention the Fizz and I will hook you up with a discount on that. Mosquito Authority. Bring on the rain, boys. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, you're pumped for the rain and the skeets and the warm warm weather. Oh, ski, ski, ski. Yeah, all down my balls and all that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm excited for warm weather. I think this is one of the first times in a while I try not to complain about how cold it is. We live in Michigan, you know, all that shit, but I'm ready for it to break. It was like 60 and shitty out whatever the other day it was like right on the teetering line where you're like man we're so close yes. to being there right yes but now now is like the time where your lawn's just like absolute trash and mud and shit or at least mine is yeah yeah it's I'm, everywhere yeah but it's that time of year golf courses are underwater oh my god uh that fern hill uh, yeah fern hill and a sycamore too <laughs> the whole south course is like lake michigan dude, i mean i wouldn't play fern hill if it was bone dry <laughs> but dude i'm just saying our buddy sent a video driving by fern hill and it was you would have no clue it was an actual golf course like you would just think it was like a valley of water it was actually fucking crazy just no drainage whatsoever what is it 60s 70s next week i mean it's got to be we got to get out for a round of golf here in the next seven to 10 days, right? Like it's not even driving range season anymore. It's yeah. straight to the course now that it's April. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. I was actually supposed to go on Saturday this past weekend with four of our buddies, Channy and Frank's still buddy, but not like buddy, buddy. If we're talking on the buddy scale, didn't need that. <laughs> just, just a fact we didn't need. No one needed that. No one needed that. Um, but we were supposed to play at seven and it didn't start raining or yeah, it didn't start raining until like 11, but we kind of bitched out and we backed out and it was literally like perfect out in the morning to play that's yeah. you yeah this guy's the ultimate radar watcher like he wants to cancel golf at 10 a.m no on i don't this at five. okay <laughs> yeah well, this he's is one of these champions of the radar okay well this is big huge news because he totes himself as the fucking storm chaser he says he like lives in the eye of a tornado and like eats the ass of a hurricane. And it sounds like he's just a lying bitch. No, Chandler's talking out of his ass. That's not true. I love playing golf in the rain. I love when the elements are cold. That's and why when did you canceled. You have the hangover from Friday. It wasn't just me, but it was actually like soaking wet out. And it was like all the, everything said it was supposed to be raining at from this time. Tears. It was wet from your tears from crying. Call it what morning. you will. The fucking weatherman, dude. Easiest job out there. Easiest job. 
You don't have to be right, and you still go up to work every day. Well, we checked the box as a weather podcast again. <laughs> I do got I do got some tornado stuff for us today too. Speaking of weather, well, it sounds like this is the time to do it. Unless, <laughs> what, are you, what are you saving? It, what are you saving it for? What's the tornado stuff you got? Yeah, so I just wanted to bring up. You know, I don't. We've all been watching the weather. They're calling for <laughs> <I> possible. <laughs> they're calling for a possible tornado in Michigan tomorrow. Do you I, guys know that? I saw that and I snapped at the person at work that said that. I want to say bring it on, but obviously, you know, we hope safety for everyone. But like. There hasn't been a there's the last tornado here Chandler was in 2022 and it was in Gaylord of all places. Most of the tornadoes happen on the southern part of uh, the mitten. So we had a tornado last year. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I thought that was going to be 2001 yeah. maximum. Long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So it was like 8 months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know, like, I don't even know how to, the only reason I know a tornado is coming is because of you. Well, yeah, I'm bringing it up. Okay. <laughs> Real rare event. Well, this is a shit Well, start. before that, 1952. You just made that up. No, I swear. Actually, the deadliest tornado in Michigan was in 1952, the Flint Beecher tornado. Category F5, $19 million in damage, 116 deaths, and 844 injuries during that time period. That's incredible. Thank you for that. You're uh, welcome. Yeah. Is that true? It is. I promise. Okay, where'd, you, where'd you pull that from? Oh, internet, you know. And I just, I kind of want to know what like constitute when we're in tornado phase. Cause like, I feel like there was a really crazy ass storm when we were, I don't know, like 10 years old. And I remember on the East side, like trees just everywhere. And if mm-hmm. that wasn't, was that just strong winds or like, was it gale force? Or like- yeah. They just didn't classify that as a tornado. It didn't. Reach so 1952 the- and then 2022, that, that was the drought. Yep. And now we're going back to back. Yep. Interesting. Crazy. It's like the huh? wings. So for uh, an F1 starts at 73 miles per hour. Okay. 65. Oh, yeah. A seven, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. Go ahead. F0, which is just a gale tornado, starts at 40 miles an hour. This okay. is the Fujita scale. Yeah. So The uh, Fujita scale? Yeah, Fujitis. I mean, I guess there's, there's you know, I, I don't know. I just Googled it because I don't know this stuff. But same guy who says he doesn't watch the radar knows when the last hurricane or the last tornado was and how many people passed away in Flint in yeah. 1952. I like big storms. And y- yep. Yep. And you cannot <laughs> lie. Uh, awesome. Do we have any more weather updates besides when we talk about the tigers and then we'll talk about weather again? Of course not. Okay, cool. So who wants to go first? Chani, you were in Boston. Pizzo, you had a, a night in downtown Detroit. Uh, mine, I had the least exciting weekend. So who wants to talk here? I'll take it away. So Boston, first time in Boston. Flew in on opening day. Pretty lively down there. Um, I wasn't down in the Fenway area when we got down there. Um, but stayed downtown. Had a great weekend in Boston. Weather, weather, weather podcast. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Weather was nice. <laughs> 50 to 60 all weekend. So walking around. Frank, I know you mentioned you've been to Boston a couple of times for business or popped in and out. Lou, have you ever been to Boston? I have not. No. So I'm the to-do, definitely. Great seafood there um the best i think we had seafood or a a dish or an appetizer at every meal um the cool thing about boston is uh physically it's not that big of a city area wise um but every part of the city seems like it's got its own little theme or character character to it um and every part of the city is busy so um went there went to the north end anyone who's been to the north end 
this is like the part of the city where it was built in 1700s and it's been preserved since then. So you got Pretty Paul sweet. Revere's house yeah, there. Yeah. Love that um, stuff. You've got uh, the oldest church in the United States there. You've got the oldest tavern in America in that area. So went site, uh, saw that, made made it to Harvard. I told my mom I'd get to Harvard one day. Did made it. it to Harvard. Congrats. Honest Abe. Congrats. Went there, ate breakfast there. Yeah. Maybe got some gear. I looked at I saw it too, huh? You liked yeah. it? Gotta get some yeah. gear. The guy said, you go to Harvard? I said, no, I didn't go to Harvard. Uh, I just... Hell no. <laughs> I certainly did not. Yeah. I went to state. Michigan. Some people call it the Michigan <laughs> Harvard. Yeah, I went to exactly. Michigan State. So it's funny, though, because the stereotypes are real from young to old to kids to grandparents. Everyone talks like this. Come on now. Yeah. You know, so the guy behind me went to the Red Sox game, go into that. Um, but the guy behind me kept saying, hit it here. Come over here. And they were screaming it the whole time. No way. Yes. The whole game. I'm talking like eight, nine times every half inning. Yeah. So I heard it probably 150 times. How so many was, times did you jump in? Um, not many. Little <laughs> you saying hit it here? Yeah. Weren't you sitting in foul territory? Well, yes. I mean, I guess technically everybody's in. Yeah. Well, unless you're in a home run range. So yeah, what was he fucking? What did he, he want? wanted? A foul ball Jesus. is what he wanted. They were kind of man. Like, they were like grown man. Twenty to twenty five year olds that were like getting after it. So they were like, that's okay. Then. Did they have yeah, yeah. mitts on? Uh, no. Okay. No. Just checking. No, they did not have mitts on. But um, got to do a bucket list item of mine. Go and check out Fenway for anyone who hasn't done that and is even somewhat of a sports and or baseball fan. It's a must. Um, the character in the stadium, the neighborhood that it's in, the surrounding area. So what they do at Fenway is they actually close down some of the streets outside of the stadium so that you can go in and out of the stadium once you get admission into the stadium. Oh, that's, that's sweet. sweet. So I was Love in the smokers. stadium. Didn't allow smoking in those areas, which was crazy really? too. Yeah. So in the stadium, you can go outside. There's different concessions outside. There's high top tables. And then there's like a team store across the street, but it's part of the stadium. So went out there, uh, went on top of the monster, went behind the green monster. And what I didn't know is that it's a huge concert venue in and outside of Fenway as well. Okay. So when we were leaving the game, there was probably 1,500 or 2,000 people in a line. So we're like, this can't be for a bar. Huge music venue. One of the biggest music venues in the city is actually connected to oh, Fenway. Oh, that's sweet. I, I had no that. idea. Yeah, yeah. so uh, they have, it's a multi-use facility, which I just thought it was kind of an older baseball stadium that they were preserving, but they've actually upgraded it over the years. Um, but just the character of the stadium, much like Tiger Stadium, if you guys remember it back in the day, the big overhang yeah, with yeah. half the seats under yep. the overhang. Um, the, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking out. The concourses, ceilings were like seven feet high in yeah. some areas. Yeah. Like very old architecture, basically no upper deck, mm -hmm. about 10 or 12 rows of upper deck. And then the center field bleachers look like the big house. Yeah. Like they go up like 60 or 70 rows in center field. That's wild. So Damn. the and best. How many seats are on the green monster? I was going to ask that too. Like green, how many rows? Green monsters, three rows. And there's probably 40 ish rows per or 40 ish seats per row. So okay. there's about a hundred or 120. Are those are those got to be expensive seats. So funny enough. And I didn't even look into this, but a guy on my team said that they are actually lottery. Lottery tickets. Oh, okay. You okay, cannot purchase sense. or have a season ticket. You have to get in a lottery, much like when you go to Augusta for the Masters, right? Which we'll touch on later. But 
um, lottery system to get those seats yeah. is there. Um, and they they have it pretty tight. They have a little observation deck up there, but really you can't go up on the monster unless you have the seats there. Yeah, and then I wonder, how is the, like, if you're sitting front row, I don't know if you got this detailed, but if you're sitting front row on the monster, like, it, like are you can you hang over that thing? Can you fall off that thing? You know, like, how far are you actually away from, you know, because I'm curious, you know, you see people all the time, like, leaning over the bullpens and shit like that. Yeah, it would be, um, it's, it's like the new Amsterdam deck okay. at uh, Comerica, how they have those long tables with the seats behind it yeah. so could you yes would it be hard yeah it'd be hard to but you could reach your hand over the monster that's for sure yeah yeah um I what think- were the fans like there oh buddy talk to me about the fans what was going on in the stands so um every fan is first and foremost every fan was great everyone was asking where we were from very inviting a lot of them actually fans of detroit the tigers organization um, but every fan had a, a mouth of a sailor. Yeah. Everyone was, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, everyone's screaming, but everyone is very knowledgeable. I was talking to you guys before we came on here today. It's much like a Red Wings mm-hmm. uh, crowd. So everyone knows all the players. They know the history of the team. They know who's coming up on the team. They know who's hot right now. They know who their key offseason acquisitions were. They know situations in the game like Everyone knows everything about the Red Sox, at least where I was sitting around it. Right. Um, sat next to a lady next to me. Um, she was like the lady that had the scorebook. Yeah. She brought her Dialed own in. pencil. Yeah. She had her own snacks. Jesus. Um, she had her custom baseball shoes. This wasn't her first game. No. Season ticket holder. Okay. Actually moved from the suburbs to three blocks from Fenway so that she could go to every game. That's wow. insane. Yes. So she had some choice words for Detroit. Yeah. She verbatim said that Comerica Park sucked uh-huh. and that there was nothing memorable about the stadium or the city. Okay. Um, so wow. that rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. My wife kind of laughed it off, but I was kind of like... I don't know. Like, fuck you, lady. Yeah. It was like the sixth sentence we said to each other. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's kind of like you say all that stuff like, oh, she's super obsessed with the game. Like, oh, that's so great. And then she says that and you're like, now nah, it's kind of fucking weird. Right. Exactly. So did that. But what I saw a lot at the Red Sox game that I don't think we see as much here is a lot of young guys partying. Like okay. it's in a neighborhood where you party. Yeah. So that's like a pregame or a stop along the bar hop. Without you doubt. just go into Fenway, drink, get after it, and then leave after. So So that's like I kinda wanted to like full circle, you know, you're talking about Fenway being in this neighborhood and now you're talking about people drinking, it's on the on the the bar crawl route, all that, like uh the history, this and that. So like I lived in I lived in Wrigley for a year of like mm-hmm. the two years I was in Chicago and they were really bad. It was just before they, it was their hundredth year anniversary when I lived there. And then it was actually, I think the season before they won the world series oh, or, man. or yeah, or gone. Yeah. Or like two years before it, something like that. And that stadium was really old, but like you got in there and it was like, man, this has got some history to it. This is really cool. This, and it's right in a neighborhood, just like, you know, small houses all around it, kind of like college neighborhood feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it did have like, it's right at the end of like a bar street. Mm-hmm. So like the whole neighborhood is like partying and like literally their slogan was it's the party of the century. Mm-hmm. So it makes you like, you know, when we, I do like Comerica and when it was first opened, I thought it was like a state of the art stadium. Cause I mean, it was, uh, but we were really young with tiger stadium and it's like, I kind of just wish like, 
for all the old stadiums, like Tiger Stadium was still around. Right. Like, because that was right in Corktown, which was a neighborhood field. There's all those bars there. Uh, and it was just like a historic, cool stadium. Yeah, sure. And it's like, as I get older, maybe it is just like me getting older and grumpier. It's like, I don't know, these old these old stadiums with history are just like way cooler. Like, I don't need like virtual reality and, and like the best Wi-Fi. 100%, right. 100%. That's not what I think of when I think of baseball. No. You know? No. Yeah. America's pastime. Yeah, I mean, the Cubs games are just like electric. And there's like nothing there. There's right. nothing there except just beer. Right. That's yeah. all you need. Beer well, and dogs. And the thing that reminded me of, of Tiger Stadium a lot too was there's no parking around it. Yeah. You've got to park in neighboring streets and, and other neighborhoods. You got to take cabs in or whatnot. And they probably have public transit, yes. which is a lot more. We like Detroit just does not have that Correct. at all. You know? Correct. So that was Didn't really think that cool was a good about idea. that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But um, it just made me miss um, the Tigers being good. One, something that we have to root for. But two, um, when we were there, the Celtics played. Celtics are a top two seed in the East. One of the three favorites in the NBA. The Bruins are going for the best season in NHL history right Jesus, now. Yeah. yeah. And then you have the Red Sox starting who actually have kind of tempered expectations this year, maybe give or take a 500 team. But like there was so much going on with so many teams playing on top of a big UConn presence on Saturday say, night yeah. right. because Connecticut's right around the corner from Boston as well. So it, yeah, and it's like that's how you build those fan bases, yes. I think. You know, like you're saying like a Red Wings crowd is is the most knowledgeable of the cities and it honestly probably like dwarfs that of like uh, a Red Sox one, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even a Packers one if you will, but if you build a great program for decades over time, people are going to be interested for that log and have way more loyalty to a program and then that's how you build a fan base that just fucking rocks. 100%. 100%. So, it was it was just refreshing to see that, but if you haven't been to Boston, get out to Boston. There's just so much to do. The only thing I regret is only being there for three and a half days. Give yourself about five to seven days because there's just so much to see. Yeah, dude, Boston rocks. I Again, I've only been there three times. And I was trying to remember why I've been there. And I was like, I think I've been there three times, but I've never done a dedicated Boston trip. It was always kind of like uh, a part of the trip I was doing. And I remember I went and visited Boston College because I applied there and like mm -hmm. walked around it. And then we did the city and that was with my parents. And the first time I remember there, you know, I was like 17 years old or something like that is how intense and rude the traffic was. Mm -hmm. um, and just how like full steam. Like ahead. It's just like that light turns green and like you're getting honked at yeah. yes. already. And everything was like in tight. It was just, that was the first uh, taste of it. I got there. And then just other two times were like work stuff that, right. you know, it, it, it reminds me a lot of Detroit. It is the East Coast Detroit. Detroit is the Midwest Boston. Hardworking, blue-collar people who are very brash mm -hmm. and are very foul. And I think uh, there's a lot of respect when you tell people you're from Detroit because they kind of they have that same they like upbringing. The yes, they like yeah. the grid. Exactly. Yeah. Very gritty people. So shout out Boston. Great city. Great people. Great time. Get your ass out there. Love it. Boston. 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 Gotta gotta put it gotta put it up higher on the list for me. I definitely want to get out there. It sounds like a pretty sick trip. And, and you said you got the the Harvard sweater? I did. I got the Harvard sweater. Yeah. So. My uh, wife was in Boston. She brought back the hat for me. And I always just kind of feel like an idiot wearing the hat. <laughs> I like the hat. It looks very cool, but it's always just like, oh, you're wearing a you didn't yeah. go there. Fucking yeah. at all. Yeah. A lot of people like ask you if you go to Harvard there, but a lot of people can also sense that 
you know, you're a tourist, but yeah. if you come back here and wear Harvard stuff, it's like, oh, he must have, he must have gone to Harvard. If I feel like it's a- the opposite. I feel like it's like if you're in Boston, there's more of a chance that the person went there. I feel like here, I'm not looking for a lot of Harvard yeah. grads. Yeah, no, I, I just don't see too much <laughs> gear here. But good place right. to go was Harvard as well. It's a very small campus uh, in the grand scheme of things, but uh, much like the city, very historical, um, very well kept. And uh, just crazy how they have Boston College, Harvard, MIT, Northeastern, Boston U. I mean, these are all very prestigious universities, yeah. all within five miles of each other. I know. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's unreal. A lot of hockey being played out there, too. A ton of ton hockey. Of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> ton of hockey. Lou, what'd you get into? Yeah, I didn't have nowhere near as exciting weekend as you, Chandler, but I did have a, a, a pretty nice Friday. Um, I went out to Ann Arbor. Or no, I'm sorry, a nice Saturday. I went out to Ann Arbor, and uh, they had the Cannabis Cup going on. So I went out there during the day with a couple friends, walk around, check it out. And if you've ever seen How High, which a lot of people our age have seen, that's what it's like walking into this hotel. So they have a whole hotel rented out. It's the Wyndham Garden in Ann Arbor. Okay. It's like a convention center slash hotel. Um, but you walk in, you, you know, you get tickets and everything and there's just every, all the rooms on the bottom floor have about 10 tables set up on the outside. And then they have like the big dining rooms with like probably 30 tables in them. And they're all just weed vendors in there. Okay. So, I mean, it was and like, you can smoke inside the hotel, any area of the hotel you're allowed to smoke. in. so everyone's smoking in there. They had like live concerts going on in the middle area. On Friday, I guess they had dabbing wrestling, which we missed. So they had a WWE full ring, and the two wrestlers were ripping dabs in the corner, and then they would go out. That's insane. <laughs> wait, wait. So when it, when you say the cannabis cup, like I guess I don't really know how it works. Are there like categories and people are actually competing, or is it? I just- mean, there wasn't like any. Yeah, no, exactly okay, what you're yeah. thinking. There wasn't like some like big board when they're like, yeah. okay, here's the top cannabises. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it top was- indica. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was basically just a bunch of vent. It was like a festival for, for weed, yeah, you know? Right. So everyone goes there. There's actually a ton of out-of-state people there, like Indiana, Ohio, like other mis- Midwestern states. Um, but you go there, and you can basically buy anything weed that you can think of. And and wasn't – I mean, this was going on before it was legalized in Michigan, right? Yeah, and- I know Ann Arbor was led the way on this because they were the first ones to kind of, like, decriminalize weed yeah. in Michigan. Um, so they have hash bash, which I believe I'm not. I think that's what I'm thinking. Of. Is on 420. That's what I'm thinking. And of. that one's more like outside, like fairgroundish tents, walking yeah. around. This is actually inside the hotel, and it's more, I guess, vendors selling stuff. And then they do have like a, a competition on Sunday, I believe. Okay. Um, where they actually like rate the buds and everything like that. But dude, when you walk around and look at all this stuff, like your head starts spinning because it all looks the same after a while. I, you know what I mean? I'm like, I mean, for me, it's, it like is all the same to me right. almost like to an extent. And I just, I can't like heavyweight anything. I'd be at that thing and like, I'd be toast <laughs> oh, in like five dude, I talked to the security guy while it was actually pretty cold outside. So they also have like seven food trucks that come. Yeah. So I ordered food from one of the trucks. There was a 15 minute wait at all of them. Like I, as you can imagine, yeah. everyone has a line. The jokes write themselves. <laughs> so I know you skimmed, <clears throat> I skimmed over it, but, you can smoke inside. So set the scene. Is it like 
like you open the door quality like air no. filters or like hell no you're walking it's into a, a cloud dude <laughs> yes. it's hot as shit you open the side door to walk in and, and a cloud of smoke comes yeah. out and there's people lined up in the hallways just smoking blunts dabs the hallways of this hotel the hallways of the hotel every room you go in people yeah. are smoking in all like the common areas around the pool people are smoking they have like uh they had kind of like the the patio set where it was on the inside so you were kind of overlooking like a stage area yeah and all of those rooms they were like selling juices cookies candies suckers i mean whatever you want you know and the big thing this year too is i know like a lot of places are decriminalizing mushrooms but holy shit they had mushroom everything there yeah so i'm looking i'm looking at the cannabis cup so it's held by high times yeah and it, it there is a judging portal it looks like okay um that might be a sunday thing i mean i feel like i walked around the whole place at least twice and i didn't see like a, a competition area unless that's more of the sunday event yeah i'll be on, oh here we go michigan cup people's choice 2003 I don't know. This website's not built well, which is kind of hilariously on brand. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like not, not working well. Like you can see like the judging portal button like overlaps this exhibit thing. And then yeah, it's, it says like Shh, judging is going on. And then it says select your thing and there's nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. Uh, so wait. So like you're in this hotel and like are there conference? Like is it like convention centers? So it's like up? you know how they have like big dining room or like conference yeah, areas yeah. in there? So those are all cleared out and there's just folding tables with like different aprons and everyone's business on there. Yeah. And there's probably like literally all along the walls and then there's three rows of them in the middle. And uh -huh. then they have like the smaller, like more bedroom, but they're kind of like suites. Yeah. And then those have probably like seven to eight tables in them. And you can kind of just go in and out and weave and yeah. yeah, walk through the whole place. But they had like a bunch of crazy, like glass stuff there too, for yeah. like bongs and dabs. Like they <laughs> yeah. literally, the, one of the coolest ones I saw was they had a a remote control car and the whole thing was built out of glass and yeah. it had a bong like in the truck bed of it. That's and you could like drive it around. That's unbelievable. <laughs> and you could drive it. Yeah. Like the craftsmanship on it is unbelievable. I'll show you a picture There's of probably it. Probably so many like weed nerds at that thing too. There was or the best people talking. watching ever there. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> scum of the earth. Then like, dope boys then you got like your Chaldean crowd then there's like your business staff that's like why are you here you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. it was it was funny you get your whole mix I, I mean, wonder if anybody goes to that hotel that weekend and is like oh my god I had no idea it was the fucking that'd be wild cup. if they did yeah they have to like warn them yeah they do they have to they have to <laughs> because I mean it's literally like smoked out to your biggest imagination yeah that's wild. Yeah. So, and then after that, I ended up getting, meeting up my girlfriend to get food. Weird. Um, <laughs> On brand. And yeah. uh, we went to Green Dot Stables. Love that place. Yeah. Sliders, sliders galore. Um, I know Chandler was talking about them joining up in... Uh, Comerica this year. Yeah, Get pretty your sweet. Green Dot at Comerica. Pretty sweet. Dude, they um, never miss. No, they like, don't. They rock. I went there like a month ago, and the mystery meat was an ahi tuna. Wow. Uh, and it, it like blew my socks. Really? The mystery meat so one good. was kind of like, eh, I was, I was disappointed. What was it? it? Do you remember? Yeah, it was like a hush puppy with like a shrimp on it or okay. something. It was like... 
It wasn't that good, you know, but I went to town. I had seven fries (laughs) and a dessert. You had seven sliders? (laughs) Oh my God. That's a lot. Uh, Dude, I swear it was, I was going to town. I mean, I can't, I can almost not picture a better place to like visit after the cannabis. He was smoking with the scumbags. He was hungry. Seven is a lot. (laughs) I I mean, I went there completely sober for like a work lunch, I think. And I did four. Yeah, I was going. And I actually ordered, I ordered three and then added more i actually got a chicken sandwich on the way home from the <laughs> to shout seven out to plus the carry out seven plus yeah well the carry out was the appetizer got it so yeah and shout out to my ex's fried chicken on van dyke and 15 mile unbelievable chicken sandwich if you I haven't had hear it. that really hear that. really good chicken sandwich okay I didn't know where I, for some reason I thought you were shouting out your ex-girlfriend. I was totally, I was like, it just like landed for me. I was like, I was like, she's doing well. (laughs) Who knows? You're giving her a shout out. So it was, it was a good time. And then we kind of bounced around Detroit. I actually found out, I just found this out for the first time. I know I was telling you before that, uh, the show Frank, but old Miami, pretty staple bar in Detroit, right? They, they claim to be the oldest bar in, uh, in, De- in Detroit. Really? Okay. Yeah, they yeah. claim it, but there's definitely like people who fight the claim. Right. You go in there, there's all Vietnam veteran stuff mm-hmm. hanging over. Also a very good people watching bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found out for the first time, old Miami actually stands for old missing in action, Michigan. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know Never that, knew that. I thought it was the name of like a, uh, plane. Like right, I knew, or like I knew a was, base, or like yeah, or like a group of I'm so right. military ignorant, but right, like, yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly, like a like a platoon or something, something. like that. Yeah, help me out. I got yep. no idea. I got you, but no, yeah, <laughs> Cra- I I found that out for the first time. Been there fucking 10, 15 times at least, you know. And and old Miami's about to hit its stride because I mean there is there is nothing, nothing to better visit there when summer, it's cold. Yes. When it's cold out there is. Ain't much to do in there. No. And they've like upgraded it, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, but unless you're seeing like a band or something there, really that place is outdoor heaven. They had a band too. And they were like, they probably wheeled in like seven to eight instruments. They had a fucking full band. It really? was like kind of like a folk band. That's tight. The sound guy didn't show up. So they couldn't perform. They had to shut. I talked to like the lead bass guy at the bar for a minute. I'm like, are you guys going to be playing soon or what's going on? He's like, they can't find a sound guy. So what, what is cancel. it like? What does that mean, sound guy? So know? I guess he sets up all their instruments and like all the speakers and makes sure everything's all in tune together, all that type of stuff. But they couldn't just rock out. Like, that's garage, what I thought too. I'm style. like, you can't just fucking plug in and play, <laughs> yeah. you know? But yeah. I, I guess they had a lot of shit, and I guess there just was no way that they could do it. So yeah. they didn't. We didn't get no music, unfortunately. Damn, that's pretty on brand for old Miami, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so pretty that's, fun weekend. That's up there for one of the spookiest bathrooms in uh oh in, my in God. Detroit as well. <laughs> yes. Lafayette Coney Island still takes the cake because you have to go drop down that that basement, mm-hmm. and it feels like, I mean, you get in that basement, all bets are off. Yeah. You know, like you don't know if you're coming back. Up. Walk into your death. <laughs> yeah, at least like old Miami, the door that. Dude, it. that like, door is like, like a, a sliver. It's you a can rickety see saloon the whole door. Yes, yes. <laughs> At least that one, you know, you could just like push over if you right. needed to. You get in the you get in the hot dog hell basement. You're, Amber you know. goes to the bathroom, and the girls when she goes, I wasn't expecting that, but the door is a shower curtain. Yeah. like anyone can go in there. It's yeah. a fucking shower curtain. Not up to code. No, no, I'm not. You're not going there for codes. Though. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, my weekend sucked compared to both of those. Uh. I did, I will give one restaurant review, did go downtown and hit like the ultimate Instagram 
restaurant. It's called Mad Nice. I like hate that name. Call I me heard a, that place was good. Actually, like, yeah, call me a boomer. I like hate the name. Like, yeah. yo, it's Mad Nice. But um, <laughs> but like I did. Like it is. In, it's very Instagrammy. But it was kind of like in a good way. It wasn't like totally like fake i actually loved the aesthetic of it i thought okay. it looked really cool the glasses did you take cool. a tiktok in there uh yeah i did one in the bathroom <laughs> by myself um no i mean like it looked really fucking cool and they thought of every detail and all the shit was nice the like the wait staff was dressed in straight up like squid gear out squid game outfits oh, okay uh, they didn't have the fucking masks on or anything but like picture those like body suit type deals. And then they were color coded by like what rank you were at the restaurant. So it felt a little like culty in that yeah. sense, but uh, it was pretty good. I thought the food and the drinks were like very okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, it was nothing to like write home about. I wasn't like raving about the food or the drinks, uh, but the ambiance was cool. And I'm glad places like that are popping up in the city and still in the city the place was huge. Um but and the bill wasn't like too insane, so I wasn't like I'm not like furious about right. it. Right, overall, pretty good experience there. Yeah, I think if I were to go back, I'd love to go back and just like sit at the bar and okay. just get like a a regular ass like whiskey drink. I don't right. think I'd go back for like a full blown dinner. dinner yeah, maybe yeah. an app and drinks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you go the same night as Lou? What Mad Nice? Yeah, because Lou was at Old Miami. That's right around the corner, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, they're they're decently close. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't far. see I didn't see Frank. Unfortunately, those bars were a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, <it> sounds <laughs> like we were just doing different things. Yeah, you were looking for a sound guy. I was, yeah, I was, you I were was eating doing a five tic- course meal. No, I was TikToking. I was TikToking in the bathroom. That's what I was doing. Ugh. Um, but yeah. Um, so let's, you want to get into some sports? Yeah, I guess we can do that. Let's do that. Yeah, we can do that a little bit. Um, so March Madness wrapped up kind of with a thud, uh, this week. Well, I shouldn't say a thud. I mean, hell the, the FS, the, uh, the FAU SDSU game was like awesome. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, and that was kind of the, the end of March Madness essentially, uh, cause UConn did exactly what everyone thought they were going to do and absolutely just prison pounded final yes. four and final. Uh, dude, they didn't lose a game by like or win a game by less than like fifteen or something. Like I think that. that Miami game was their closest game all tournament. That's crazy. That's insane. That's crazy. The most dominant run that I can remember. The only one close to it was UNC when they beat Us. Michigan State yeah. in yeah. 09. But to have a team that won- wins every game by double digits, and it's not like they they didn't get tough teams. I mean, they played Gonzaga. They played Arkansas. They played Miami. They had some tough teams along the way. I mean, I don't really care who you're playing either. Like right. to just get through that tournament. Because someone, I saw some tweet that was getting a lot of traction. That was just like, "Are we really going to celebrate UConn for beating?" And then they listed every team that you just listed. And it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah you are. Yeah, they like no one else in the tournament. Four teams, right? Yeah. Sixty-eight. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's, tournaments are designed. You know, what else do you want them to do? I don't know. Yeah, I was too far into the internet. I just have to note here that on this like show rundown, Pizzo put together. Normally, normally I'm writing in it, but uh, Pizzo just wrote UConn asked. To mouth throat banged Miami seventy two fifty nine, um, and it was just Accurate. it was just a very. But they just beat down San Diego <laughs> State by five more points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was really funny. I mean, what'd you guys think of the tournament overall this year? I thought it rocked. I mean, did to, you to not have. It, it's it's a little bit of like uh, I don't I don't know if catch twenty two is the right phrase because like you obviously want a finals and a final four where it is kind of like these big dogs and these superpower teams. Like who's, who's the real, like, you know, who's eating who out here. But like for all these upsets to happen was like 
March Madness busted busted to the bracket bone. on yes, yeah. uh, like on crack. Yeah. Um and uh I just I think truly seeing FAU get that far like absolutely blew my mind. Dude, and they should have been in the finals. Absolutely. They blew that game at the end. Yes. I, I I'm the opposite this year. I think this was the worst March Madness to memory, but it was partially because of what was going into March Madness. No real star players um outside of maybe uh Brandon Miller from uh uh Alabama that had a chance to win a national title. You didn't have the names in college basketball this year, and that's not a tournament problem. That's a sport problem. You really had Zach Eady, um, Drew Timmy from Gonzaga. Outside of that, you didn't have many big names outside of uh, the guy from Kansas State. Uh, He's slipping my – Noel. Noel, yeah. Noel. He he became a big name because he had a good tournament, but you didn't have Kemba. You didn't have Jimmer. You didn't have Steph Curry coming into the tournament. You didn't have the villains (laughs) from Duke that usually come. You didn't have the Blue Bloods in UNC There was no team that you were like, damn, this team's nasty. They're going to run away with it. Correct. It wasn't like I could latch on to a player at the start of the tournament and follow that player and his team and run with them. And it wasn't like there was a team I was out there that was like, fuck this team, fuck this coach, I want them out. It was just kind of like, yeah, we had upsets, and then just upsets kept playing other teams that were upsetting teams. It wasn't like a good team kept advancing, and the the team that was making the run kept upsetting them. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Like, I feel like we got... It, we, you hit the wall of upsets, yes. and then you're kind of just like, oh, now now we have a five versus nine in the final four. Correct. It, it wasn't one of those where you had a George Mason or FAU was the only team to make it. Right. Yeah, it was It was to the point where it was just like, oh, so now now I have no idea right. what's going on. Now I have a five versus six in the Elite Eight. I, now can't, I, bet have, these, I can't bet these games. Yes, exactly. They, they were unbettable games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, – it's always good. It's always good to have March Madness, but I just thought this year it lacked a lot of storylines. And then with no Blue Bloods, with no big-time programs, with really no big coaches outside of Dan Hurley. And us getting blue-balled in the Sweet 16. That, too. That, that kind of dampened. Probably the best game of the tournament. Yes, and that's what people said uh, after the tournament was that was probably the highlight of the tournament was – if you remember, that was the first game of that weekend, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we opened up Sweet 16 weekend with the best And Art game. and Jake's. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I would say, like, uh, like the um, – I like I was saying to Pisa last week, I if you're going to have a tournament like that, you need, like, FAU or SDSU to win. Yep. Like, UConn, just another, like, probably Blue Blood now, like, should be, if they're not already considered one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, should like they just steamrolled and they did exactly that. Like uh San Diego State made a little bit of a push towards the end there, like kinda, I think pulled it with an eight, and then UConn like woke up again and just put them away. Right. I saw an interesting stat and maybe this isn't for their whole history, but um UConn, the only final four game and or game in the final four a national title that they've lost was 2009 to Michigan State. So every time they made the Final Four, they win the national title. And then we lost to Butler, right? I wish we yes. had that stat. No, we lost to UNC that year. Yeah. Oh, we've lost to Butler in the Final Four. Yes. Yeah. And then they lost to Duke that year. Texas Tech. and Yeah, know, and yeah. Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah. Texas Tech one really sucked. That one, that one stung. I mean, they all suck. Can yeah. you believe it, though? That team, I saw some stats today. UConn, eight times in the last 25 years, they have not made the tournament. Seven times they've been out the first weekend, five national championships. That's crazy. 
And this is their second time with a first-year coach winning the national championship. Is Not that- first year. Um, Hurley's been there for three or four years. Oh, okay. They've now uh, – Kevin Alley was a first-year coach yeah. when they won last time. And they've gone through now three coaches. Right. And it's like everyone keeps hitting on them. That's crazy. Wow. It is. That's it's a wild. program. That's a program. That's a program. <laughs> yeah. That is a program. So, so – so a question. I think this is probably an easy answer. Like, I mean, you'd we'd rather have that, like missing the tournament a few years oh, to have the championship on, over Frank. over just going <laughs> yes. going every other year to the final four. I'd knowing. go once every four years if it meant we were going to win a national title. Yeah, without question, dude. Yeah. Without yeah. question. Yeah, kind of started that question without really thinking about it. I saw it a lot on Twitter today, and I just I didn't I didn't see it. I'd take two national titles and right. missing the tournament every once in a while than what. Yeah, over what we've had championships. We've just- had so many ball tickles, like for us. You know what I mean? Like 2000 <laughs> yes. was like we weren't diehard Michigan State fans, like we are now, and it's like we've been so close for so many times. And I just, know, damn, yeah, um, cool. Well, there's a lot of. I feel like we should just touch on it. I don't have too much to say about it, but Caitlin Clark uh, with the women's uh, champ national championship. I feel like this was the most talked about, probably watched women's national championship of all time. This is the first time I've ever like been like, Hey, I want to see like what she's doing in the ship. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I didn't watch a thing. So no, it still I, didn't. I checked on my phone, but, but yeah, I, but I did know it happened and like know who won. And like, there was all the fucking taunting controversy right. and all of that. Right. Right. Um, I guess my thought on it really is like, I don't, I don't have one. I didn't think it was like that huge of a deal. Uh, is it anything I'd want someone in a Michigan state Jersey to do at the end of a game? Probably not. Uh, was it the biggest outrage in the world for no. a 20-year-old female who just won a national championship to, like, get caught up in Selly? Right. No. Um, I think it's I think it's much to do about nothing. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it was – I mean, did she – was it a little over the top on the Selly? And, yeah, obviously. But, dude, to be honest, like, college – or women's basketball, they need that type of stuff. Like, they do. that's what people want to – like, that that's makes the storyline. Right, like, we're everyone's tuning in to see Caitlin Clark win, and she's dropping 30 a game yes. leading up to this game. And then, hey, they lose in the championship. There's a lot of controversial calls. People are taunting her at the end of the game. Like, now there's a story for college basketball and women's next year, yes. right? The only thing I don't understand about the whole situation, because I agree with you, Frank, like – to me, it's really a non-issue. I wouldn't want my kid or a teammate of mine to do that to someone else or a Michigan State Spartan to do that to someone else. But, like, I didn't really care one way or the other with it. And Caitlin Clark came out today and said, hey, she could do whatever she wants. She didn't really care. I just don't know why there was that much energy towards her. Like, they kept talking about how, oh, she wasn't guarding the girl in the Final Four and she did it to another team in the Elite uh, yeah. Eight. Like, it wasn't like she was taunting them during the season. LSU like, was making it sound like she like went out and disrespected their team. Right. Like, that's what I. That's what I was confused about. Like it made them sound like she was popping off on Twitter about how she was going to beat them, and like I didn't get where all that negative energy was coming I from. Think, I think it was just backlash from the other side being so mad at Angel for doing that. Yeah. Thing. Right. And I think that was just like. You know how, like, sickening it gets on Twitter. Like, when people start digging in, they'll find anything, and then, like, it just turns into this snowball of, like, outrage over Slew over of idiots. Nothing. Right. You know, and then they find clips that could be interpreted as offensive. Or, right. Like, you know, it's just, like, you had people, like, putting 
clips of of Caitlin out there from like other games this season right. that weren't against LSU. Right. But, but and like, like what does her waving off the South Carolina guard have anything to do with LSU? And I think it was just they were trying to build a narrative of her play being like disrespectful. Right. Or whatever you want to call it. And let's be honest, if there was a Michigan State player doing that at the end, I wouldn't like I don't like that, but you know we would have been like, oh my God, right. that's my dog. Right. Doing that. Like fuck them. You know, it's an emotional moment. You're about the you're it's like the peak of your career. I right. mean, have you watched a Lakers or Clippers game this year? They do the same damn thing to Russell Westbrook every game. They let him sit on the three point right. line and make him shoot. Yeah. They do the same damn thing to Ben Simmons. Yeah. They let him sit make on the, the three-point line and make the shot. Right. That's not disrespectful. Right. That's how you play the game. She did like the she did like the hand thing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't give a fuck. Either like what are we I. talking about here? Right. Just like I don't give a fuck about what Angel Reese did. I don't care what Caitlin Clark did. To me, it's a non-issue. People have way too much time on their hands to yeah. be ripping off 10 to 12 tweets back and forth about whether it was disrespectful or not. Caitlin Clark didn't think it was, and Angel Reese is keeping doing her thing. Let them do what they want to do, and guess what? At the end of the day, guess who won? Women's basketball. Yeah. They did. Because they got all the attention, and Caitlin Clark is coming back next year, and I believe so is Angel Reese. What should the NCAA be doing? That should be a non-conference game yeah. at the start of the season, and that should be on national television. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if you're from Iowa and you didn't like that, or if you're from LSU and you didn't like her, that's just like, that's just sports. That's sports. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a non-issue. Yeah. In my opinion, I they totally are agree. all adults. Yeah. You can handle yourself however you want. Yeah. And yeah, right. the most viewers they've ever had. Right. It's the most I've ever talked about. Women, ever, college first and most. Yes. Right? First and most. <laughs> and I did not watch the game. Right. I'm going to be completely honest. I saw highlights and then I saw the, all the bullshit in between. Right. So, congrats to women's hoops. It's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. uh, Moving on. We did that. Got this time of year. March Madness ends, and then we got the Masters. Big event. Yes. A tradition unlike any other. Um, So, moving into Augusta this year. Pretty excited. A lot of controversy between PGA and the live golfers, Um, which is just kind of wild to me. It's kind of like these tournaments that they're still allowed to participate in the live golfers. It's almost just like, there's no real consequences for them whatsoever. None uh, besides like you're playing in all the tournaments you want to play in and you're making bank yes. and working half the year. <laughs> right. No, it's it, there. There's really no consequence for live golfers unless the league folds. And like, unless you just don't want to be associated with blood money. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But mm, money's money right. to a lot of these athletes. So big week this week with it. I feel like the the not even just this event, but golf right now is so deep. Like there is fifteen to twenty golfers every tournament that can win it. When we were growing up, it was like Tiger and the field. Are you taking Tiger? You taking the field? Then for a while, it was like Tiger Mickelson in the field, um, and then it got to a point where Rory and Spieth were dominating. Now it's like, okay, who's going to win this week? Because the twentieth best player in the field this week has a great shot. So I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts. I'm not going to handcuff you with not not taking a top five person. But <laughs> Lou, who is a golfer that you're looking for 
to perform and possibly win this week at Augusta? Sure. So I actually I have I have my like top dog that I like, mm-hmm. and he's not even a, really a top dog. But I'm riding with Brooksy this week. Wow. wow. Hot off the live championship. Wow. I am riding with Brooksy, especially because he's, he's at plus 4,400 yep. on the book right now. So I love that. Um, but even even more, a couple deeper dogs that I like to keep an eye on is Louis Osteason. Wow. Louis O. Louis O. Okay. He's, he's a at, former winner, right? He never won, but he's finished in the top 30 since 2018 okay. at the Masters. I think his closest was like 12. Okay. Um, so he's at plus 14,000. And another guy I want to keep an eye 140 on 140 to 1. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the other guy I want to keep an eye on this week is Tony Finau. Tony and I got actually I'm not I can't even lie this pick got called in from a good buddy of ours Chandler okay. and just a regular buddy of Frank's on the buddy scale um, <laughs> old Davy B okay Tony Finau at plus 2400 Tony's finished in the top 25 in his last seven events keep an eye on these three guys for the Masters I like that Frank what are you looking at for the Masters this week so the guy I got on my radar this year uh, is Will Zalatoris. Okay. Um, I feel like he's going to be a pretty popular pick, but it just feels like, and I don't have a lot of in-depth golf knowledge, new golf guy here entering my third third year as I'm learning more every year. But obviously, Will kind of burst onto the scene uh, of golf with that second-place finish at the Masters two years ago. Last year, he finished in the top 10 again. It feels... Like, to me, it's one of those uh, guys that he is going to win this tournament eventually. Uh, And I think this is the year to do it. Uh, And, you know, what I've read and what I've seen is he's not playing too well as of late. Uh, But sometimes it's a tournament like this. It's the magic of Augusta that gets the adrenaline pumping, gets you going, and gets you right back on track. And I do think Will is an absolute uh, competitive gamer. Uh, so I'm going with, uh, going with big will as my, as my guy this year, big will. Yeah. Okay. There's not nothing big about him. And then I will say my long shot, uh, is basically something I found on a website, started reading about him and I had to take him simply because of his name. He's 260 to one. And this is the write up on him. Uh, last year, this guy came into the event ranked 34th ranked golfer in the world. And he finished 14th in the tournament. Since then, he did join Live and had a fairly successful remainder of 2022. He finished 14th or better in each of his last six, six Live events. The best part of his game is his iron play, which bodes well for Augusta. Uh, and that's pretty much all I got. This is Taylor Gooch. Okay. The wow. Gooch man. The Gooch man is my long shot. And then uh, Z is my winner. Um, I like that one. 260 to one, you said? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Lay a little five on there. Have yeah. a happy Sunday Absolutely. Easter. You know? You, know what, you know what I like about the super long shots? Well, there's a lot of things, but it's fun to like be like, I'll put five. And then you start playing with the little thing. And you're like, if I just did like $7, it increases your winnings by like hundreds yes. of dollars. Yeah, it's insane. It's so fun to do that. Yes. And then if you jump it up to 10, you're just like, oh, what if I double? I got a spray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to 25 and yeah. before you know it, you're at 100. Yeah. And then you Gucci sweating. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a couple guys that I like in a couple tiers like you guys did. So first guy, kind of, I guess you'd say my favorite, 25 to 1. I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa. 
Um, yeah. Why I like Colin Morikawa this year, he's number one in approach. He's number four in ball striking, and he's number four in tee to green on the tour this year. So I think that's going to bode well for him. And another stat that I like, which really narrows down your field, nine out of the last 11 Masters winners have been 1.7 or more strokes gained tee to green okay. in the three months leading up to the Masters. Okay, yeah. There are seven golfers that qualify for that this year in order from most strokes gained to least strokes gained tee to green but still above 1.7 strokes gained scotty scheffler rory mcelroy patrick cantlay colin morikawa cam young john rom jason day so if you're basing it off of the last 11 years you have an 82 percent chance to win if you use this formula with one of these seven guys. I love it. So I'm going to take Colin Morikawa, 25 to 1, big brain on that one. Next guy, like, I always take him, and he always does pretty well. Um, I got a soft spot for this guy, Tommy Fleetwood, 60 to 1. He's always hanging around on Sunday at Augusta. I feel like he's always in the top 10 or near that. He's finished twice or second twice in majors in his career, never really broke through, turning 32 this year. I feel like he's got a moment on tour here for him soon. Very cool looking guy. Yes. Too. yes. Very swaggy out yeah. there. Very yeah. English too. Like oh, yeah. He's got, a, he's hitting all those points. Yep. yep. So I like Tommy Fleetwood as my kind of middle of the pack guy. And then someone I always take in the masters. I don't even know why he's just always on my DraftKings team. I'm going to go at a hundred to one for my long shot. That's Abraham answer golfer out of Mexico. I like Abe Anser. Doesn't do anything spectacular. Just kind of that middle-of-the-road guy. I like him at 100-1, to 1, along with Sahith Thagala at 100-1 to 1 as well. Uh, Abe Anser used to be kind of my – we do a master's draft every year, and Abe was always kind of my third or fourth round guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one year, he, he just like – he like pissed himself like three in a row that I, <laughs> that I did it. So I, I like have a vendetta against him right now. So I'm on the Gooch train. I also forgot to mention that uh, Zalatoris is 35-1 to 1 odds. Wow. I like it. I like to, it. Just wanted to give the odds out. Another guy you always got to keep an eye on this weekend. He's the villain of the group, but is is big Patty Reed. He oh, finished yeah. in the top 10 in 2000 or 21 and 20, and then he won it in 18. He always seems to play pretty well in it's, the Masters. It's so yucky to root for him. I know. It really is. And his odds, when I look at it, I'm looking, he's 70 to 1. He has the uh, the same odds as Tiger to win it. I feel like Patrick Reed has a much better chance than I Tiger agree. to win it this yeah. year. Those odds don't make sense to me. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to think how that would how that works. I mean, people just they probably just give you shit odds on Tiger because they know everyone's going to take them. Right, exactly. So I think that's the case. My two biggest surprises for odds uh, this year: one, Bubba Watson's two hundred to one. Really? Yeah, that's two pretty- time Masters champ, two hundred to one. I, Bubba knows the course. He knows the course as well as anybody. I like those odds, and then. I don't like this guy, but just surprising odds. Bryson DeChambeau, 125 to 1. Ew. He was a favorite two, three years ago. He was one of the top five, 10 favorites of every major in that 2020 season. Um, he has really fallen down the ranks. He's like the 35th, 40th. Most likely got to win this week. Right, and, I, and, I, and I'd and i love to touch on it again. I think the weather is supposed to be kind of crummy this weekend in Georgia. So I, I like the veteran guys who have played the course a lot more than the newcomers. I feel like they're going to you know have better feel out there for that. I like it. Uh, I will say, like, watching the, play, the players 
uh, whenever that was. It, it just sucks not having these live guys around. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm kind of hoping one of them wins it low key just to watch the, everyone melt down. I, I don't think I like care too much. I'm just happy that they're all in this because when uh, you just have a leaderboard like you did at the players where it's like, where is everyone I know? And when we're drafting those teams and it's like we get through the first round and I don't know anybody after that, yeah. like it's just it's just not as fun. You like to have all these personalities together. So you touched on it, Frank. Um, I kind of want to get your guys' and I'll have you go first, Frank, about how deep and how much you bet on the Masters. So you've mentioned a couple times that you actually draft teams for the Masters. Is that correct? Yeah, so we do, I mean, what is it, like 10, 12 it's like 12 guys. 12 of us, yeah. 12 guys. We each get four golfers, snake draft, mm-hmm. um, and pretty much winner take all. And you take the two top golfers, their two top, the two top scores okay. on your team is your score. Right. Gotcha. Um, and we use that Office Pools app, and we do it pretty much 50 bucks a guy. 50 bucks a guy. Perfect. Yeah. So it's, no, it's awesome. So I love that. I do that. Try to take a few long shots. I don't get too crazy. Okay. Um, it kind of depends on what my plans are for the masters. I don't have like set plans usually, but I think I'll be hanging out with some buddies this time. So I'll definitely throw probably some small units on, on long shots and, and go from there, but I don't have anything too, too crazy. Honestly. So you do your drafts and then a couple long shots to win. Yeah. Yep. To win. Okay. I'm, yeah. I don't. And if I start playing in the app and like messing around, then I'll get a little, you know, creative top 10, top five. Yeah. yeah, yeah like okay. That. That's what I was going to ask. It, yep. it, it kind of just depends on, um, you know, it's not like Super Bowl where I sit down for like two hours, the dial day of the game, in. dial it in, really think about it, read a hundred articles. It's with the masters. I'm just fucking flipping quarters into the fountain. Yep. Right. Well, and, and I'm, and I'm pretty similar, Frank. We, I do the $50 one with you. And then I probably put around like 200 bucks. I sprinkle across the board on guys to win. And then if there's a day that I know I'm really going to dial in for the tournament, like I'll bet a lot of matchups and do that type of stuff as well. Um, so that's kind of, that's my route with it. That's what I was going to say. Thursday, I usually do a couple matchups opening round. I like to do some matchups. I always, and I'm not really big on this anymore, but I always do a, uh, uh, draft Kings. Okay. So oh, I do nice. a six man draft Kings. I do a couple different teams, enter a couple different tournaments. I don't really get into the DFS scene anymore, but I do do it for masters weekend and actually all the majors, um, on the PGA tour. So I do that. Uh, do a couple long shots like we talked about here. Um, and then I I do what you do, Frank, or I, I do what you mentioned, Frank. Couple top fives, couple top tens, get like a lock and put a, a pretty hefty wager on it, like a Scotty Scheffler, see what he's at Finishing at top, the top 10. five, yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, and then sprinkle a couple guys that I like that maybe I have in my DFS teams. Yeah, and I'll be honest, a lot of my betting uh, is dictated by the team that I draft. So... I probably would never, ever have picked Will Zalatoris as my Masters winner, but he was – I had last pick, 12th pick, so I had the back-to-back on the snake, and he was one of those picks. So I got him and Spieth back-to-back there. So, like, now those are, like, the two guys I'm probably going to end up throwing money on, and I also got Gooch on the team. So everything that I just said with these long shots <laughs> so is, complete, is completely dictated by that team that I have pretty much exclusively. I used to be really into DJ. I love Dustin too. Johnson. He used to be like my favorite guy in the world. Just Former cause, champ. Just because he fucking lives the most amazing life and he literally calls Wayne Gretzky dad. Um, Pretty cool. But the live thing and all of, I don't know, he just kind of is like slowly turned me off. And Was it the Masters he fell down the stairs that one year? 
Do, do you remember he fell down the stairs and he withdrew? And, and he withdrew. Yeah, I want to say I actually had him that tournament. Yeah. I, it was either him or Brooks. Yeah. So I used to be big on Brooks, too. He was kind of my number two, and then I kind of soured on him once he went, like, I don't know, pop he was a he was He sounded so bad on that uh, Netflix show, too, Brooks. Yeah, I haven't watched the oh second my, one, either. Yeah, the Brooks, the Brooks segment. He did the blonde hair thing, and, Ugh. like, it was, like... At first, it was cool that he like didn't Sounded care like the about biggest golf. Whiner. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like he did this "I don't care" routine, yeah. which it was like kind of funny for a minute, and then it was kind of like I don't know. It's kind of cool to care about the sport, you know? Yeah, that got you where you are. Yeah. So did you guys draft your teams yet? Yeah, yeah we, we did. I'm looking at them. So yours is this year: Zalatoris, yeah. Spieth, Gooch, and who else? Hodge. Hodge. Okay. Hodge. I don't know who that is. Tom Hodge is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds about right. Pizzo, who's your team? I got it right here. It's uh, it's on, Brooks, Finau, Rose, and Thigala. Rose is always steady, and I like Sahith. Hey, I hey, like that I love team, my team. This, yeah, I love my no, team. It's this good, tourney. It's good. It's looking good. Um, but, yeah, like a lot of, lot of uh, my betting is dictated on how this team shakes out. I know I, we're still going to talk about betting, or, uh, the Masters here because we got a little extra segment on it. But just remember, guys, if you're looking to bet the Masters this weekend, you know what you need to do. You need to go to points, points bet. bet. You need to deposit on points bet and use the code Champagne. Get a hundred percent deposit match from points bet. Put those long shots in. Put those top tens in. Just get some action in this week, and it makes the weekend even that much better. Fuck yeah! Great I'm drop. Best tournament of the year for golf, right? Best one. Best one. It's not even close. It's, um, not, it's not. Why? Why is it not even close? Like, why is it the best? A lot, I don't I know, get, but I like, get all excited about it. Is it just like, is it the time of year? Is it the the history I, of the course? Is I think the, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. That, you know, the history, just like Gym the aesthetic Nance. of the course, too. Like, when you're on these holes looking at them, you're like, dude, this is fucking beautiful. They mic up the trees and shit. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> well, it's, it's all that, and it's the only major that gets played at the same course every year. Yeah. So you get to know the course. There's always drama, and... You know what? Augusta's pretty scorable. You see good scores. You see comebacks. You yep. see meltdowns. When you get into U.S. Opens, guys are winning at two, three right. under British through Open. a four-round tournament. British Open, they're putting from 80 yards away. In the it's fairway. Like, yeah. Augusta <laughs> yeah. just has that allure, and you get to know the course, and it's the same thing every year in the same setting every year. And I'm pretty sure almost or a lot of the tournaments have jackets. You know, there's a lot of tournaments with jackets, but for some reason the green one is, you know. Just pops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the top dog. Um, I've actually heard that um, – actually, I have a bunch of fun facts about the Masters. Let's I go could, through it. Yeah, these are kind of fun. These are kind of fun. So, course architect Alistair McKenzie, uh, did you know that he designed this course? Um, he never got to see it. He never got to see a round of golf played on it. He died January 6th. Uh <laughs> Uh, 1934, just two months before the inaugural Masters oh, tournament. Damn, that's so sad. a little sad one, but it gets better. I, they're not all sad. Darn. What if they were just all sad facts? <laughs> all right, oh. G- Gary- Dustin fell down the steps and <laughs> broke his leg. Yeah. He'd never play again. Yeah. Uh, Gary Player is the only Masters winner. Which this is all interesting. Gary Player is the only Masters winner to not have his jacket locked up at Augusta. He was able to keep it by, quote, quote, unquote, forgetting to bring it back after he won the 61 tournament. It can be seen at the World Golf Hall of Fame in St. Augustine, Florida. Isn't that wow. wild? So, number one, really? I was surprised yeah. that all the jackets are there. 
I thought that was very interesting. That is wild. So maybe they go there and they like that's where they're safe kept and they put them on. And I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I kind of want to like dig into it because I almost don't believe it. I will say one of the greatest traditions in sports too: the former champ with his green oh, jacket yeah. putting the green jacket on the new champ. Agreed. That's very cool. So they're all there, uh, which is wild. Uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. The color of the famous jacket has changed over the years from forest green to hunter green due to the change in manufacturers and tailors. The green color of the jacket has many different hues. And on the website I was looking at, it did have like all the jackets lined up and it was, there's like, you can definitely tell. Oh, definitely. There's like Kelly green, forest green, like kind of interesting. Didn't know that. You'd think like as a stickler as they are with that place, that it would be like the exact hex code. They just allowed girls like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Masters has gone to extra holes a whopping 21% of the time, including wow. the last two years. Scorable course. 21%. Scorable course. Drama. Comebacks. I mean, they love that And stat. just competitive. How, do you, how, how could you not? Right. I mean, like, I love cho- it. I'm choking trying right. to get it out. Uh, last fun fact. Yep. Last fun fact here. Uh, the master, Masters officials have been known to remove tournament announcers who do not follow club decorum. Saying words such as fans or spectators is not allowed. Uh, they must be called patrons or gallery. Famous announcers have been kicked off the air, um, including Gary uh, Jack Whitaker and Gary McCord. Oh, we're calling them fans? We're calling them fans or spectators. You got to call them uh, the gallery or patrons. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So those are my master's fun facts. Is there anything better to, and I know it was his last Final Four this year, than Jim Nance? Bringing you in to Masters Sunday with no. that little piano in the background. <laughs> yeah, Hello, no. friends. Yeah. He's uh, he's unreal. He's incredible. Um, and just the amount of sports he does. It's theater. That's what the Masters is. It's absolute theater. It's That's show. why we like it so much. Yep. It's a great way to put it. The another cool thing about it that they do, I know you were kind of touching on this, Frank, was was the dinner. The dinner, yes. Yeah. I want to get into the Go dinner. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll let you run it. So Scotty Scheffler this year. Well, for those who don't know, obviously, if you win the Masters the next year, uh, they do you know the the a dinner with all the golfers there. And whoever won last year gets to select or inspires or probably has the conversation is the lead of like what that dinner is going to be. Um so Scotty Scheffler's dinner this year, he's opening up with appetizers, cheeseburger sliders, and firecracker shrimp. Okay. First course is a tortilla soup. Okay. Then his main course is Texas ribeye or blackened redfish. Uh, and then for dessert, uh, it's a warm chocolate chip cookie skillet. Wow. So all sounds good. Um, who won... Who won two years ago? That one I felt was like, uh, was it Morikawa? Not Morikawa. Hideki yes, won. Hideki. Hideki had like an awesome one, I yeah. remember. I got it up right now, actually. Oh, you do? Yeah, the appetizer was assorted sushi and yakitori chicken skewers. Sounds awesome. And then they had miso glazed black cod, uh, mitsuyaki wagyu, A5 Japanese steak, and then Japanese strawberry shortcake. Sounds wow. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. And then Tiger, like, famously had, like, burgers and fries. Yeah. Yeah, and or a chicken sandwich. Should we break down our menus? I think we should. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Who wants to go for or yeah. Should we go, like, you say one app, I say one yes. app, or go yeah. full menu? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. So we'll go two apps, soup, yep. and then two dinner selections, dessert. Love it. Okay? Right. Yep. All right. So I'll start off. My first app is going to be 
bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. Wow. <laughs> Boom. Okay. First app, bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. So I, so I will poppers. say they're so oh, we're going one app at a time or are you gonna yeah, give both yeah. of them? All you want me to give both? Sure, go ahead. Okay. On. So and then my second one is gonna be blue point oysters. Wow. That's really good. The oysters is a great offering there because i'm debating between a couple appies here and the oysters it's a good one they're out there i'm gonna switch mine now because i did have oysters on mine but i'll go with mine first one so that i can give myself some time my first appetizer saganaki oh i want it blowing up like the fourth of july in there i want saganaki plates yes i want (laughs) saganaki bombs at all times in there that reminds me of when we watched the michigan state game and we said if they win we're ordering like instead of like bottle service we needed cheese (laughs) to be like stone cold walking out of the stadium (laughs) It what do you got for the apps, Frank? What do you think? Did you do both? So I did. Oh, okay. My first one is Saganaki. My second one, I'm not going to do another cheese dish, so I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go Bang Bang Shrimp Ooh, as my second appetizer. Always a favorite. Okay. Okay. I like it. So uh, what I like about these dinners, it's very specific to who the golfer is, who the person is, a little bit of their heritage involved there. So for me, what I would do for an appetizer, I would open with mini uh, Coney dogs. Ooh. Wow. Okay. A little rep Detroit there, you know, little Coney dogs. And then to go a step further, I would do grilled octopus, oh, not calamari, wow. grilled yeah, octopus. Yeah. Got to represent Big the red difference. wings in there. Big. Oh, the biggest difference. Yep. If, yeah. I love grilled octopus and you know, little, little red wing shot out there. So love that. Be, that would be my, my that sounds great. Great pick. So I'll jump into soup. Yeah. So if I had to go super salad, I guess we'll say, I'm probably going with the French onion soup. Okay. That's Love a classic that. for me. Love that. Um, I'm going the salad route, um, and I'm going to say that we're going to get a wedge salad prior to our meal. Blue cheese? Blue cheese. Of course. Crumbles, no question on it. Sounds delicious. Um, I think for me, if we are going soup, I debated like a Caesar salad, but it's not that exciting. So I'm going to stick with my favorite soup, which is on brand today, a New England clam chowder chowder Perfect. yeah so i mean off the rip mine's kind of filling <laughs> you're stuffed when dinner yeah, comes no, yeah, you're, you're in trouble yeah <laughs> all right let's get to the main course what are we doing here lou okay so my two different dinner options first would be the t-bone steak nice. with mushrooms okay second is going to be your alaskan king crab legs oh beautiful wow beautiful holy crap so that's a good one I'm doing it pretty simple on mine. I did it a little more elegant, so it doesn't really match my appetizers. I'm just going to do a filet, or you get a Chilean sea bass. Wow. wow. You get one of the two. Yeah. Chilean. Chilean. Chilean sea bass is very good. It is mm-hmm. good. It's done right. Yeah. Yep. You get meat or fish. Yeah, and I mean, that's... I hate to copy Pizzo, but it's it's literally what I've written well, down as Alaskan <laughs> king crab. It's my favorite food It's unbelievable, yes. yeah. I mean... And then uh, I do have a New York strip. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you know, we do Detroit in the beginning, and then we're in Boston, and then we're back in Boston, and then we're in New York. So <laughs> that's how we do it. Love that. So on the dessert, baby. Yeah. Dessert, you- I'm going Oreo ice cream cake from Dairy Queen. <laughs> from Dairy Queen? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Delivered from DQ. <laughs> wow. That reminds me of when uh, Trump had all the basketball players in for McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. what, what team was that? LSU football, yes. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was because it was Burrow. Yeah. Because yeah. then they had, like, the secretary doing the gun thing with Jamar. Yeah, that, yeah. Remember that Twitter video? That's where that's from. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. that clip. Mm-hmm. That is unreal. I mean, that is, like, that reminds me of of saying, like, hey, AI, 
create LSU football visiting the White House where McDonald's is only. <laughs> <laughs> so Pizzo's finishing off with Dairy Queen. <laughs> Dairy Queen. <laughs> yes, Oreo sir. ice cream cake. Yeah. Bingo. I'm going to go a little more simple, and I'm between two desserts, but I'm going to just go with a straight up New York cheesecake. Nice. Love New York cheesecake. No toppings. I don't want strawberries. I don't want raspberries. I don't want chocolate drizzle. <laughs> you eat the cheesecake plain, and you're going to fucking like it. Jesus. All right. Hope you never real, Hey, real quick. Warden's Jim, back. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, real quick, though. Have you had the ice cream uh, cheesecake from uh, Cold Stone? Yes. I, okay, okay. Cheesecake ice cream or ice cream cheesecake? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. No, I think it's... Uh, Cheesecake ice cream. Okay. I thought, no, I'm pretty sure they have a cheesecake or, yeah, cheesecake ice cream, like the you cake. You said that. Oh, see, I didn't know. I've had the ice cream with the cheesecake. Yeah, no, no, no. They it. have an actual okay. cheesecake that has ice no, cream No, I it. didn't know. I No, I have not had that. Yeah. Pretty good. Frank. Yeah, get him in here. <laughs> cheesecake <laughs> or ice cream? I'm just, I was like, Frank. Trying to, I, you remember when you like diagram sentences? I was like, what's the adjective? What's the fucking noun? Like, what are we even talking about? Okay, I would do a fucking creme brulee. I love Ooh, fucking wow. creme brulee. Love the blowtorch shit. You went from coney dogs to fucking creme brulee. <laughs> it's just, and it's like the tale of like my journey to winning the Masters. I start in the slums, oh, okay. and then I, and then by the time you're done, you're at the top. You're at the top of the. Coney's to creme brulee, the Coney's story of Frank Soris. <laughs> I was just thinking, maybe, fizz shirt. maybe I'll get rid of that. Maybe I'll get rid of that NY strip too, and just have like some buddies' pizza, <laughs> rodeo cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was fucking exhilarating. That was. I'm starving. Yeah, I am too. Holy shit! That cheesecake sounds... or ice cream? Yeah. Yeah, dude, my head almost exploded. Ice cream, cake, cheese. The best part of that breakdown was Pizzo completely <laughs> repeating what you said. You go, no, no, I had cheesecake ice cream i like couldn't process that mentally that's why i had to pause i thought i was gonna faint again i have a history of it um, cool uh so to touch on sports that are not as exciting but i do want to talk about them because i am going to opening day this week the detroit tigers uh had one of the most uninspirational starts to their season uh oh and three outscored 21 to three uh versus Ooh. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Perfect timing with the score. <laughs> I was Outscored like, twenty-one I was like, to three. Yeah, I, was like, I was like, "What the hell was that?" Um, I actually kind of like wish they didn't win last night, just so we could talk about how terrible they are. Because last night is going to be an outlier in this whole season. Uh, they look bad, guys. I mean, they look they look really bad. Unwatchable bad. Yeah. Like, who is this roster bad? Yeah, I was just going to say, I ask you one question. Outside of Riley Green, why would you watch the Tigers? Unless, the only thing I could say is Boyd did pitch pretty well. No, he ended up, no, he did not. He ended up. He imploded. He, yes, he pitched well the first five innings, and yeah. then he kind of shit his pants in the sixth, I believe. But it's it's so sad because they are the 30th, which is last, best which means the worst mm -hmm. farm system in the MLB going into the year. They've been gutted. They haven't made the playoffs in eight years, and they have no one coming down the barrel. Longest, Thanks, Al Avila. Thanks a lot. Longest streak in the MB, um, MLB right. uh, for that playoff streak. And I actually, you told me they were last. Another buddy told me they were last. I was just kind of like, I'm going to open a few tabs here, see if everyone has them last. The highest I got was 24. You know what <laughs> I mean? So it's like, it's not like there's a... Con it's it, the outliers. They're bad. I mean, they're bad. 
the li- when you look at the lineup, like you said, it's like who the fuck. And it is just sucks because it's so early in the season, and, and we're that, already here. And then you're like, okay, they're going to be bad, but there's always at least me. There's always, even if it's one point zero zero one of a percent, that you're like, maybe, maybe they could like be watchable or five hundred, and then they just go zero and three versus the Rays, who I don't think are world beaters. They scored three runs. Three runs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they had one of the most comical errors that you will see in the MLB season. Oh my they God. They had six guys huddling that, that pop-up just over second base. No one calls it. That was unbelievable. I just, I don't even. Can of corn. Dude, it was unreal. I think the worst part of it all is Torkelson. I was just going to say, dude, it, Torkelson it, is like depressing. It's It's so bad and he is so in his own head and you can tell it. And there was so much hype around him and they did the right thing and they kept him in the minors instead of bringing him up right away. And he just, he isn't it. It's apparent he isn't it. He could be it. Um, I don't Not see here. him in the... It, Right, I don't see him in a Tigers uniform. That's what I mean. Being it's, it's, it. a right. total, it's a total. Dude, it kind of reminds me of like what I feel like will happen with Okuda. It just feels like changes change of scenery. He'll guy. leave in bat two eighty somewhere. Don't it's like worry. Verana. It's like Verana. It was just right. like for whatever reason, it's not working on the winged wheel. He goes to St. Louis. He's scored like in every single game. I mean, I think it's just one of those situations. And then even on top of it, just to make it worse, it's not like Torque's here for hitting, and I think he's one for to start the year so far. Yeah. And then last night, Tigers had a chance to win the game on a double play and he smoked the runner right in the back. I mean, total, <laughs> right. Total like high school shit. Right. Like, and that's to, that's him and Baez. Those are arguably our two best offensive players or supposed to be our two best offensive players. Uh, and uh, well, I guess they were playing defense. So, but he had him right in the back. Right. <laughs> I think I might've said this last time I was on, but that's what we have to hope for this year. We need a good year from Javi Baez because he can opt out in his contract after this year. So if he doesn't opt out, we have him for the duration of our eight-year contract that we sign him to. If he plays well and thinks he can get more than 20-ish a year, he will opt out after this year. So we're all rooting for Javi Baez this year. Um, I had to pull up this graphic <laughs> that someone that someone posted. It's, it's versus Houston. It's Javi swinging on a 91-mile-an-hour slider. Like, I'm going to say a foot and a half outside the outside the box. And low. Outside the plate. Yeah. And uh, he's got one hand on the bat, missing it by three <laughs> feet. And, and whoever tweeted this wrote, wrote right in his wheelhouse. I, I don't even understand why they throw him strikes anymore. I don't. Right? Yeah. I just roll the dice. Walk him. Yeah. Walk him. Make him walk. If I'm a pitcher, I'm making him walk. So they're they're really tough to watch, but they did get the win last night, which they shouldn't have. They tried to give it away like three times. Uh, Meadows, kind of a tough play on the last out after we hit the guy in the back and didn't get the last out. The very next play, he's going back against the wall. He's maybe a foot away from it, and you can tell he got a little nervous of the wall, and it went right off his glove when he dropped it. Not saying that's an easy play, but to win the game – you got to catch that ball. Right. And 100%. I, feel, I feel bad for Scott Harris, our new GM. He walked into an absolute mess. Dumpster. Bad contracts. No minor league system. A franchise that has been sputtering. And quite frankly, an ownership group that doesn't seem to give a shit about the team. That's probably the worst part. All the other stuff you said besides that last part, he knew what he was walking into. It's not like it was like, surprise, we actually fucking blow. Right. He knows what the roster is. He knows the moves that have been made. Uh Chris Illich, man, like, oh my God, if it wasn't, and I've said this before, but I'm saying it louder because the heat needs to be turned up. Like 
if it wasn't for Steve Eiserman manning the Detroit Red Wings, what would he have going for him? Not the district Detroit. That's what I mean. He hasn't built that. There's he's asking for more money to build more shit that he didn't build the first time around. Uh, half the shit that it's he insane. said was going to be an LCA isn't there. Not even close. And the Detroit Tigers have been ripped down to beyond the studs. If Iserman doesn't agree to come back and GM the Detroit Red Wings, which is the biggest security blanket he has because it's the most competent guy, it's arguably the most loved athlete in Detroit, we would probably still have Kenny Holland running the Detroit Red Wings and Dan Cleary would still be our second line center. That's insane. It's just like, it's just insane to actually think about if you pulled Steve Eiserman out, like there, we would be revolting against, it would be Ford like anger against Chris Illich. And the, the, the worst part about it is how many people want to buy sports franchises. I know at one point, Mark Cuban wanted to buy the Cubs. Didn't get that sale done. There's been rumors that Steve Ballmer would entertain buying another team. Look who was in our own backyard, Matt Ishbia, that right. just bought the Phoenix Suns. Right. The commanders are up for sale right now, and a group led by Magic Johnson, who grew up in Lansing, who also owns the Dodgers. There are a ton of athletes and or business people that want to get their hands on teams. And, and pump money into them. And put the resources around them. You look at the New York Mets. That owner has spent a billion dollars in his two off season one billion dollars we can't spend over 20 million on a player who strikes out fucking at pitches in the left-handed <laughs> batter's box i forgot the picture was still up <laughs> insane no and that's what i mean so i think that's the piece where you know scott's like hey and I'm making this shit up. I don't know if it's true. I just really can't stand it. He hasn't Chris come Ellis. through on anything he said he was going to. Uh, uh, yeah. And, right? and that's what I mean. That's probably the point where Scott Harris, where I feel bad for Scott Harris is like, hey, I have this plan. We need to spend this much. And he's like, I don't know. We just moved the wall in a little bit. We just and, got a new TV in the back. Yeah. We got Green Dot coming to opening day. I don't know if we can afford these players. Sorry, pal. Yeah. So I just, I get so worked up because like. There's one there's one thing to have a bad team and, and rip it down to the studs, but like not delivering on the promise you said to develop in the city, uh just drives me absolutely up a fucking wall. And the, the worst part about the the MLB, not just the Tigers, is how they allow these owners to operate their teams. It's the biggest gap in financial resources in any of the major sports. You got a salary cap in the NBA, you got a salary cap in the NHL, you got a salary cap in the NFL. In baseball, you have a bare minimum to spend and you can spend whatever you want. So you see teams with shitty ownership groups like the Pirates, like the Reds, like the Tigers. The A's have a payroll. Like the A's. Uh, the Diamondbacks for many years have been terrible. It's the same teams, the Marlins. They're they're essentially uh, feeder systems for correct. these teams. Yeah, correct. So it's just sad that we have a shitty owner and the league doesn't step in to push the shitty teams to enforce that you know force them to put more resources and or spend more money on their teams because these payrolls are absurd. I don't know if you saw the A's or the the Pirates payrolls. They're under forty million. There's players That's making crazy. more than their whole team. Yes, right. right. It's insane. And what what hurts the most is anything in life. You can't give somebody something and just take it away. We used to be that top five spending team. We yep. had fucking a lineup where Pudge Rodriguez was batting ninth. 
that's how strong the lineup was. And uh, Mike Illich was just willing to throw money at anyone who kind of was hot at he the time. He wanted to win Remember so the bad. Justin Upton signing? Yes. Like, I yes. know that's kind of an obscure one in all of them, but, like, he was just the hottest bat on the market for an outfielder at the moment. We overpaid him, said get here because I want to have a World Series before I crow. The David yeah. Price trade, yeah. when we were already a very good team and we went out and got another guy who was a Cy Young winner. And the the, the sad part is it's in the same damn family. Mm-hmm. His How, dad yes, spent. It right. wasn't like we they Some sold the guy. team and this new ownership is shit. Yeah. It's his son yeah. who's not willing to spend. It's insane. It's absolutely insane, and we do have to look at uh, Al Avila. I have we have to talk about Alex Avila. Like he quietly, I think, is the worst GM that Detroit. I think he is honestly worse than Matt Millen for what he did to the Detroit Tigers because Matt Millen took shit and just like mushed it up, and then there was more shit. Right. So it was like whatever. It's like we went from like six wins to zero wins. Uh. Th- what Al Avila did after Dave Dombrowski is is unforgivable. We got no one for Verlander. We got no one for J.D. Martinez. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, I think that contract might have been signed under Dombrowski. But, yes. like, but, like, there was nothing done with, like, to build around Miguel Cabrera in the last parts of his career. I mean, there's a hundred things we can name. Uh, Verlander, I think, being the most egregious of those errors. Uh, that it's just, like, what move did he make that actually – worked out or is good or is anything to be like well at least there was that nothing because we have our roster right now as and it we've sits, seen our farm system and we see our farm system and there's nothing there yeah. so nothing ever worked out because we didn't make the playoffs under him and we're not making the playoffs right after Mil- Mil- him. millen at least landed like on calvin right, right. seriously yeah and then he kept drafting receivers <laughs> but actually it was that he was the last one i think calvin was the last one but um, yeah. Sorry, I just had to yell about the Tigers a little bit because uh, they just they just stink and there there's nothing too exciting to talk about with them and it's going to be a very long year. With that being said, I will be down there <laughs> and at the game spending my money on that organization. What are you looking forward to most going to the game to, uh, uh, Thursday? Mystery meat at the new. I would definitely say a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. I'm very pumped for a ballpark dog. It's been a minute since I've been at the game. I still do love going to Tigers games and I feel like with Tigers games or baseball games, that's a type of game where like no matter how bad the team is, like baseball games. Opening day is still like an event. Opening day, yeah. Too. But you, even like think of like the heart of summer. Yeah, like yeah. the team yeah. could be bad enough. I'm giving free tickets. I'll go bop around the ballpark like for a minute and have a hot dog, have a couple beers and like leave if I want to. Like getting like bad like if the Lions are oh and whatever and you get like Lions tickets, I'm kinda like, ah, that's a lot. Right. I don't really want to do that. Yeah. You know, I feel like with like Tigers games, it's the easiest one if you do have tickets to the game, which I was given by Atwater. I want to shout them out. They sent me this awesome care package, wood package, two tickets to the game, t shirt, and they got this new beer called D Light. I haven't tried it yet, but Love it. sent those to me as well. Uh I will say one thing to keep an eye on, because it'll be your first time seeing a game with this. I got to obviously see in Boston the game with the pitch clock, and it is humming. The games are moving a lot quicker. There's no downtime, really. You're a lot more alert. That's awesome. The new rule is the batter has seven seconds to get in the box and get ready. Most pitchers are throwing the ball with about five or six seconds left on the pitch clock. So it's about 10 seconds 
for every pitch. And, you get, I, I and actually, the batter gets one timeout, right? One timeout, yeah. and the pitchers can only throw back to the base to try to attempt a pickoff twice per batter. That's so wild. if you try to pick a guy off st- safe, you try to pick him off again, you don't get any throws over to first until the next batter comes up. So let me ask this, though. If, if that happens, okay, and I'm the runner, like as soon as he steps on the rubber, can I just take off? You can, but... He's if, allowed to throw to like yes. a stealing base. Yes. He can step off and throw it to second. And he can pitch out. That's the counter argument to it is if you think he's just going to go and take off, you pitch out and you, you get him at, at the next base. But it was a very welcome change. I felt it when I went to the Red Sox game. It was much faster paced. There wasn't as much downtime. It's different viewing from your typical game where you're kind of sipping on your beer, eating your peanuts, having small talk like it's a continuous game now at this point. Okay. I mean, I loved it for TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I It was tough to watch the Tigers game, and especially if you don't score any runs or get any hits, the game's over in fucking two hours. Yep. But I did love watching that pitch clock, but I did feel a little like, oh, man, all right, call the timeout. Yeah. I, I'm feeling rushed here. I saw yesterday the first – I think this was the first one, but Avasil Garcia, the old Tiger, yeah. he got called out on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so he went in the he batter's box around. and the guy and he stood there and he like put his bat up and the ump came up, tapped his wrist and he goes, boom, fucking out. Manny like Machado a- today. Oh, really? Manny Machado got tossed. He was bitching at the ump. Guy got the shot clock called on him, pitch clock called on him in a full count. Ump rings him up, ends the inning. Machado gets thrown out for arguing. I don't know. I kind of love it. Wow. I do too. I, I mean, there, people are going to learn, but it, it is a little bit of like a, a, a dick swinging contest, right? Like mm-hmm. you're Manny Machado. You're one of the highest paid players in the MLB. You're fucking in the box. Like I'm going to take my fucking time. That's how I played my whole career. You think this guy is going to call, call me, call me out, out after right. eight seconds? It's like, no, buddy. And I'm going to baseball nerd out, but also the bases being a little bigger is actually a big deal when sliding. Yeah. You've seen so many guys do the swim move now, pull their hand back, slide on the side of the bag. The plays at the bags are a lot more entertaining now because you can do so much more with six inches each side. Are the replays gone? No. Replays are still there. What's the rules on replays? Replays, I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm pretty sure it works a lot like... um, uh, NFL, like you can challenge it. And if you get one wrong, you don't get it for the rest of the game, yeah. but you can continue to do it. The other thing I forgot the lady next to me who hated Detroit and Boston told me, yeah, uh, five mound visits per game. Okay. Huh. So pitcher pitching coach can't come out, dick around all the time. You get X amount. And after that goes away, you want to come out and talk to your pitcher. You got to yank them at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm good with all. I love that. I love yeah. all of yeah. it. Same. I mean, the, the shot clock's awesome. Like, it really did move the game, and a lot of positive responses on the uh, – I think the the biggest thing that pushed that rule through was that clip going on the internet was how many inside-the-park home runs for, yes. for this pitcher to throw one pitch or whatever it yes. was. Yeah. So, um, well, good stuff. Good stuff to look forward to. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to, uh, you know, get down to the ballpark, check it out. It's supposed to be nice weather. Perfect weather, yeah. actually. Yeah, it'll be good. So uh, – Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about the weather before we... Yeah, I can, I can pop it in real quick. <laughs> Looks like uh, going to be a high of 55 tomorrow, but it's going to feel like 65 to 70, they're saying, with 65% humidity, 0% chance of rain, about 6 to 12 mile an hour winds. Uh, visibility is going to be about eight to 22 miles, depending on the area you're in, but looks like a great day for opening day. Frank sounds like a mosquito feeding frenzy. Oh yeah. You're going to want to bring some spray down with you. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> you alive. Um, I love it. I love it. All right, let's move into over under. Let's close the show out. Rock and roll. Number one on the list. This was sent over by Jerry. Sent it like last night. Guy's been uh, guy's been on it this year. So thank you, Jerry, for sending these over. And uh, good luck to the Hornies wherever you're at in your off season right now. Uh, LGRW. Lou, you're up first. Number one, the upcoming 2023 Masters Tournament. Wow. Easy one here, boys. Underrated. We just talked about it for fucking 35 minutes, and we could have did an hour easy on that. Underrated. I don't got to say any more than that. Underrated. Listen to minute 40 to minute 65 on the podcast. Pretty much till we start crying about the Tigers. Uh, Underrated. Masters. Number two, Chandler. Tornadoes. Tornadoes. Well, <laughs> after fucking Chuck Gatica over here gave yeah. me the breakdown on F5. five different ones. Um, I think tornadoes are overrated. Um, you hear a lot about them here in Michigan, but like uh, our buddy Gatica over here said, you don't get them too often. So to me, tornadoes don't bring anything good. Um, I don't want to see them, and I don't hope anybody gets in the way of a tornado because then it's destruction. So tornadoes to me are overrated. Rated. Yeah, I got to agree. I don't really know uh, who benefits from just the insane amount of wind that destroys homes, businesses, and families. Uh, can't really say there's a lot of good things um, about tornadoes. I did see the movie Twister when I was a kid. Good flick. Uh, famous cow whips around. Saw Everyone that. remembers that. That's about the only thing. They made thing a ride ever. out of it yeah. in Disney, I think, right? Did they? Yeah. Oh, well, glad someone's making money off of it <laughs> as tornadoes ravish through homes and businesses. Overrated. Um, yeah, I think you guys know the answer for me on this one <laughs> underrated, obviously don't want to see anyone get hurt or buildings, but it's, it's just insane to me to think that like nature can put something like this together and fucking tear through something like butter. I mean, it's just a, it's a crazy thing to see. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Storm chaser. Cool. Too bad you never see them cause you're under your blanket with your baby. <laughs> I'm actually heading down Cancel to Oklahoma this weekend. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Number three, uh, the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship. Uh, it was underrated. It was probably the most exciting women's basketball championship we've ever seen. Jerry's just like, was he in the room writing this Teeing list? Up, this is right? like everything we talked about. Um, I'll say underrated. Good for women's basketball for a successful championship. I agree. This is the first time I've ever actually like out. I wasn't watching the game, but like went out of my way to check in and see what the box score was and who was doing what out there. Um, good for the sport underrated. Uh, I'm going to go overrated, uh, because I personally didn't watch a second of the NCAA women's championship. It's good for them. Um, I, I have nothing against women's sports or anything like that, but they're not for me. Um, and I think it's overrated and I think all this talk about it's overrated. So that's my answer. There it is. Uh, number four, something we actually did not talk about today on the show uh is myspace wow myspace the original top eight underrated first time that you were able to like connect with buddies and like do the chat rooms and all that different type of stuff very good time exciting time during our lifetime of of the internet fucking blowing up yeah underrated where is tom now yeah Tom was everybody's friend. Probably I don't living know on an he, island. Maybe he might be. MySpace was like the tip of the iceberg for social media. 
the first one. You wanted to be in everyone's top eight friends. You had your profile song. Mine was Jim Jones, We Fly High. Very cool. MySpace was the beginning of what we now know as social media. Underrated. What was your song, Frank, real quick? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Of course I do. It was uh, Let's Go by Little John. Wow. Mine was Crank That by Soldier Boy. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Oh, wait. I did switch it. I do remember to Lollipop. Remix with Kanye West, Lil Wayne. Wow. Can't really so miss. those are my two two songs there. Nice. Um, absolutely, MySpace is underrated. That was the Wild West, the early stages of social media. It was just absolute chaos. Um, the songs played when you got to the page. I mean, that was just, that was nuts. Uh, quick story about uh, top eight. Uh, you know, high school, it's a big deal. You're literally ranking your friends and all the people there. You had your top eight. My MySpace got hacked. And I got removed from like all my friends' top eights. And then so I had to make a new one. And, uh, you know, they had already replaced me once I was hacked. So I had, I was like trying to like ask my friends if I could like be back in their top eight. Hey, I'm back, buddy. And I was, I was met with a lot of resistance. It was not a good time for me. And I felt very uncool. Um, MySpace underrated. Oh, and by the way, Tom, I have read that he just sold it and just decided to like live life. Like he just, he, like just has money and lives like he good does, for him. He's not trying to like good for Tom progress at all or good. be in the spotlight. Good for Tom. Yeah. Um, which I feel like is perfect for like how we want to remember him. Number five. And the last one, pink Whitney liquor, pink Whitney liquor. That's you. I mean, I've only had it like once, maybe twice. Um, I don't see the hype around it. It, from what I remember of it, it, it's not something I would ever buy or drink on a regular. So I'm going to say, Pink Whitney liquor is overrated. It's so overrated. It's disgusting sugar shit. It's like Burnett's vodka. I mean, that's all it is. It's pink sugary vodka. Shout out to them for turning that product into a great brand for them and selling a bunch of shit. And like, I think it's very cool that Whitney and that the uh, spit and chiclet guys have that. For sure. But it's it's ass liquor. Yeah. It's no. awful. And I think I think they off camera would tell you that there's no way they're drinking that shit. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'll, I mind, I'll do a shot or two of it. Yeah. I'm never going out and buying it. Like you said, it's a sugar fucking stomach egg waiting to happen. Overrated. Yeah. Pretty impressive how they got like pink lemonade vodka to be like a hockey drink though. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Good for them. So that is our show. That was episode one Oh three. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are listening on Spotify, don't forget to rate it five stars, Apple podcast, write us a review, and don't forget to share this with your friends. If you are betting this weekend, don't forget to use points bet with the code champagne for a deposit match. We appreciate you all being here. Follow all the socials, and please, if you are listening right now, hit that share button, send it to someone in your contacts, uh, let them know you're listening to the show. We appreciate you. Good luck on all your bets this weekend, and we will see you next week. Hey, good luck on your master's bets this weekend, and pour them up. Hit it here, Harvard. Eat them up, Tigers. See ya. Tell that bartender, serve a motherfucking round again. Tell that bartender, make that motherfucking